Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Friend, how are you? Just dandy. How are you doing? (laughs) Great. Yeah? Yeah. It's a beautiful day. I never see Tony the Tiger commercials anymore. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Frosted Flakes is an underrated cereal. Is it? It's so good. Yeah. Well, you're a cereal fan in general. I'm a cereal fanatic. Cerealaholic. What's your favorite cereal? I've never asked you. I don't like cereal. If you had to pick, yeah. if you were in prison, and they were like, the only way out of prison oh. is to pick a favorite cereal and eat it. This is a whimsical prison. <laughs> I was just thinking about Paul being in prison. I figured. And then you were in prison in my head. Okay, okay. I would go with, oh, easy, life cereal. Not cinnamon? Isn't life cereal already a little bit cinnamony in the middle? Yeah, it's a little bit flavored. Yeah, it's I don't not. Need there's it. no middle. I think there I'll might ask, be. I'll ask the life people. I'm a big fan of shredded mini wheat. These are gross. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Fruity Pebbles? Gross. Oh, the sugar. I feel sick just thinking about it. Wow. The fact that it changes the color of the milk is yeah. like stay far away Have from Have you that. ever had Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Yeah, it's just, it's too wow, much, I too can't, sweet. I can't with you. Jeez, Jenna, let me off the hook, will you? <laughs> How's Ireland going? Well, Ireland is amazing. We're gearing up for the second retreat. That's what I'll be doing when this podcast is coming out. Right. Literally, we'll be starting our second weekend retreat. It's crazy. I just heard this morning from the archbishop who's going to be our chaplain. He is such a little sweetheart. Praise Pray- God for good holy priests. Praise God for humility. Amen. You know? The papal nuncio to Ireland, just making time to come and serve as our chaplain on a women's retreat. For a little old blessed is she community. I mean, how extravagant is the Lord? He thinks it's a big deal, I guess. Retreats are a big deal. They are absolutely I love retreats. Me too. Me too. Jenna, what was your most profound like retreat experience? So it was actually the Arise Conference for young adults. And there were so many things from this one weekend that rocked me. But one moment is probably we had a Byzantine priest as our chaplain for the weekend. And at one point, one of the speakers felt compelled to preach on the word, the authority of the word in our lives. And Jesus is the word, like all of these things that I think I didn't ever really realize as a 18, 19 year old, that the word is essential. I've always just gone to adoration or been on retreats where there's adoration, you know, worshiping the exposed Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. But he preached on the word, and then this Byzantine priest said that in one of the ways that they worship, they'll actually process around the room holding the word as if it were Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. He went to his car, and he had like this ginormous Bible, beautiful gold extravagant Mm, Bible that they use for mass, I'm assuming. This priest held up the word as if it were the monstrance, and then he just processed around the room, and we honored and revered and worshiped this word that's from the Lord. And, you know, that's 
not something that quite took root then. It wasn't like I was like inspired to read the word after that. It was just like a really beautiful realization for me to have. I mean, if I may, yeah, it sounds like it did take root. It didn't bear fruit right yeah. away, but it absolutely did take root. Yes. I've heard you share many times about that being the most profound retreat experience. Yes. Is your understanding that Jesus is in the word and that the word deserves to be honored yeah. and to be given a primary place in our lives, in our hearts, in our worship. Yeah. I just want you to keep saying more because that's so beautiful. I was listening to a talk yesterday mm-hmm. and the preacher said, it's funny when the Holy Spirit comes, you just start babbling. <laughs> You're like speechless for your mm-hmm. own words. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel so much better because you guys know, sometimes I feel like I don't have the right words for things or I'll just say the same words over and over again. <laughs> Bananas. Yeah. Insane. Crazy. <laughs> speechless. Whatever. <laughs> And it was so consoling to me that when the Holy Spirit comes, I can just stand in his presence mm-hmm. and like be overcome by that love and that presence and that peace and not have words. And that's okay. Yeah. Because I think I feel like dumb that I don't have like all these beautifully eloquent Catholic words, Christian words to say. It's just basking in the glow. I'm right there with you. I don't think I always have the words. In fact, I find at times when I really get going talking about the Lord, or especially when I'm sharing something deep that the Lord has done in me, it's beyond language. It has to be felt. It has to be experienced. You're experiencing it right now. Just talking about not having the words is so overwhelming. Yes, That's how reading the word goes from being an obligation to weeping because you're so moved, you recognize so clearly the presence of God in the word. It's only the Holy Spirit that gives us that revelation. So that's what happened. The Holy Spirit gave you a peek behind the veil almost in that procession. Like this is the word of God for you. This will change your life if you give it its proper place, which is exactly what you did. Founding Blessed Is She On the sweet daily devotions, just getting the word out every single day in union with the church, like the obedience of that to read the word that the church lays out for us, graces upon graces upon graces. It's just funny. When I started Blessed Is She, I wasn't like formed well, and I've grown so much over five years, and I'm excited to keep growing. It reminds me of Peter. He was so unstable as a disciple, as an apostle. And the Lord saw something in him. And then the Holy Spirit came and it changed everything. There was no confusion after that. You know, that's a lot of my story too. And I think it's easy to look at you or me or someone who's like in public ministry and think that they've got it all together. But my story is exactly the same. I had some beautiful experiences in youth ministry. I was like a summer camp counselor. And someone just spoke over my life and said, you're good at this. You could do this. I had tremendous heart formation. My heart belonged to Jesus. But I didn't have any formal education. 
even in the years that I was in youth ministry, I really squandered opportunities (laughs) to like further (laughs) my legitimate formation. I look back on those years. I'm regretful that I don't know more or I didn't make more of an effort. You know, I read what moved me instead of intentionally studying and being formed. And I know it's a cliche, but ultimately it just is the Holy Spirit who equips us. I look back on those years of being in full-time ministry and in the midst of that, developing a daily personal prayer life. I look back on that and I see the way God's grace got into my heart in the midst of a lot of brokenness and shame. I was already working for him and I wasn't there yet. And I'm still not there yet. Totally. I think it's hard to explain how to access the Holy Spirit. I think Acts was helpful. Totally. For me too. I'd read it before, but it was new and deeper and more applicable than ever. I think the word does that anyway. I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm amazed at how applicable the word is. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I know. Like that every time you go back, there's something different. There's like a fresh insight. There's a new revelation. There's a different way that it applies to these very specific circumstances in this day and age when Jesus spoke these words 2,000 years ago, and it still matters. Somehow it's the perfect answer. I've been marveling over Song of Songs, just weeping through Song of Songs, reading about the way that the bridegroom, the lover, pursues the beloved, each individual soul and the whole church collectively, the souls alive on planet Earth. I'm just weeping at that, that that was true how many thousands of years ago, and that's being lived out in my own life now. I'm like, wow, God, really good job. (laughs) That's incredible. I can't even imagine using words in such a way, words being so transcendent and wise and universally true that they change me today the same way they changed people when they were written or spoken. To your point, it is that the word is divinely breathed, but it's only understood through the help of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. or under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because I think it's totally possible to read the word and for it to be veiled or feel dense or just kind of blah. And then you read it and everything's different. And the difference is the Holy Spirit. So what do you think, Jenna? How do we stir up the Holy Spirit? Because we have him yes, living on the inside of us by virtue of our baptism, sealed in our souls at the sacrament of confirmation. But how do we access him? I think there are like probably multiple ways. I think one of them is having a person that you talk to about the Lord. Like VBS changed my encounter with the word. Talking about and processing what is Jesus saying, especially in the Gospel of Mark. That was my favorite so far Mm -hmm. of the two. Uh Yeah. Like Jesus being alive and saying what he said to Bartimaeus and him saying it to me. 
you know, all of those examples of Jesus actually speaking and mm. him doing that again in my life today. I love that. I think the Holy Spirit is transferable like that. Yeah. That's literally the imposition, the laying on of hands that we see all throughout the scriptures and the history of the church and apostolic succession. That's what's happening is that the Holy Spirit is being transferred and awakened in other people through the witness of the one. So I think we did experience that as other people are being like lit up mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, enlightened by the word. We're like, wait, what? Right. I didn't even get that. It's yeah. like the way fire jumps. Yeah. It like catches the in The Holy other Spirit is not supposed to be kept on the inside of us. Mm, it's supposed yeah. to move right through us. And out, yeah. Yeah. And then I think you have to be reading what he did. Not just processing prayer. You have to be reading the word. You can't only hear it from someone else. No. It's got to be a personal encounter. Yes. Yeah. If you want to hear God's voice, read what he said. Yes. When you actually read, especially in the book of Acts, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and then ask for that stirring Mm. to happen in your own life, a new Pentecost, a fresh Pentecost in your own life. And you know the other thing in the Gospels? Holy Spirit's all over the place too. Mm -hmm. He's with Jesus already. Yeah. And then Jesus says, he's coming for you. He was led by the Spirit into the desert. Right. From the time of his baptism, the Spirit was directing him. Yeah. I was just reading Luke 24, I think, after the resurrection. And he came back and he said, stay in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. until I clothe you with the power. What? Yeah. I know. I was in shock too. I just read it last night. We're both (laughs) flipping there. Okay. Twenty four forty six. He said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. So this is after the resurrection, he's appearing to his disciples. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised, the Holy Spirit. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I mean, I'm just crying because it says to all nations. King of all nations. He promised that. He promised to equip us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we believe this word or do we not? Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I have chosen since the Houston retreat Mm -hmm. to believe this. I believe that he will equip us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that, he will be glorified through my little bitty life. That's incredible. Thanks for using that language because I think that is the precursor that we have to make a decision to believe. We have to assent by our will to faith. That's us essentially giving God our yes, our surrender. I choose to believe, even if I don't know everything yet, even if I'm not there yet, even if I still have questions, I choose to believe and I'm going to cling to your word and your spirit is going to help me to deepen that belief and to live it out. I just like that phraseology clothed with power from on high because as you know, simple an application as this is going to be, that makes me think like I'm supposed to be getting dressed every day in the Holy Spirit. That is so cool. Like we put on clothes every day. So we must need the Holy Spirit like we need clothes. We have to put him on every day. So for the Lent, 
2020 book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to write about Jesus going into the desert. And in Luke 4, verse 14, it says, Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. The same power is the one he says in Luke 20, whatever I just read. <laughs> <laughs> Can we for one second talk about, just real quick, what's the verse you just read? 414, friend. And I quote, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, returned to Galilee. And you are like, you could throw it down right now. You are <laughs> you are losing it yeah. over a half a verse. <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit at work, my friends. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He enlivens everything. Every single word of scripture is brought to life because of the Holy Spirit. And making connections throughout his word, that's been such a joy for that's me. That's what I was just going to say too. Yeah. Someone suggested to me, to read the same book of the Bible over and over again, and you will see those connections. Amen. And you do that with John. You've been doing that for a while now with John 13 through 17. It is life-changing to read those four chapters yeah. regularly. It's unbelievable the depth of each of those words, like those phrases, the things they connect to. And the longer I sit in those chapters— the more I think about them, the Holy Spirit just like peels back like an onion, making connections that I would never have made on first reading. Yeah, it's profound to sit with something and not just always be moving on to the next thing. Right. Which I think I did for a lot of my life every Sunday. I'm just hearing another reading. I don't really know where the connection is. The priest is trying to piece it together in a 10-minute homily. But for the first time, I'm reading where this church was started, what this church was founded on. Mm -hmm. This is the Catholic church that I love. Mm -hmm. This is its foundation. This is its Godhead that I'm finally reading about and allowing it to become real for me in my life. Our church was founded on this. This is important. The church uh, this put, isn't an accessory. The church put together the scriptures. Yeah. Well, how can we possibly dismiss them and think that's not the Catholic way to know the Lord is to know scripture? We have scripture because of the church. Right. Praise God. Speaking of John 13 to 17, my life's bread. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing homilies or hearing people talk about different sections of those chapters. And it's like, oh, here we go, the vine and the branches. Kind of surface level connections, something that like feeds you momentarily. It's like a snack. Do you know what I mean? Yes. When I root down into John 13 to 17, which includes the vine and the branches. Literally <laughs> the feast of John 13 to 17. I could start crying just thinking about it. I mean, I was making connections and the Lord was showing me things, incredible things for a couple of months in John 13 to 17. But he kept bringing up this verse. It was like he would just kind of whisper it to me. John 15, 6. Okay, so I would keep going back to John 15, 6, and I would flip open my Bible and I would be kind of excited, like, what's it going to be? And then it was this, whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. It's hard even to talk about my early experience of that verse because now it means something so profoundly different after the Holy Spirit spoke. But I remember the first couple of times the Lord said John 15, 6, and I read, 
Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. <laughs> Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. I mean, I was like, what? Why are we talking about eternal damnation? I don't know. It was kind of a scary verse to me. Early on, I was kind of like, I must not be hearing you right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an encouraging verse. Why do you keep bringing it up? I remember I was in prayer and he led me to that verse one more time. And the Holy Spirit was so close and it was as if he took my face in his hands and he said, I don't want you to burn out. It's not about the Lord saying, you're not good enough for me, so I'm going to toss you out and give up on you and you're like damned. It's not about performance. It's not about fear or punishment. That verse is pure love that he doesn't want us to get tired, to get burned out. It's hard because I don't even need more words. I understood it the way the Holy Spirit does, where he says one thing and suddenly everything makes sense. I just never could have gotten there on my own. That verse made no sense to me before the Holy Spirit, before he spoke and told me his heart and how personal it was and that it was out of love and concern for my soul that he wants me to stay connected to him on the vine. Mm -hmm. What was your encounter with the Holy Spirit where this started to come alive for you? I actually think the inspiration, which was, you know, not a move of God. It wasn't like some big booming voice, but I had this little inspiration. I think I didn't have plans. I was just at home on a whatever night. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to read a whole book of the Bible. Full-time ministry, lover of Jesus, had not read a book start to finish. And I sat down on my couch and I started reading Acts. And I mean, the Holy Spirit exploded in my life. I read the whole book that night. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that that actually happened. And I wondered why we didn't talk about it. Like, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what the early church was like. This is what the Holy Spirit is like. It was like everything was brand new. And so I would say that's where the Holy Spirit brought the word to life for me and why mm. I have such a tender affection for Acts because the Holy Spirit fell on me when yeah. I read Acts. The word came alive to me when I read Acts. So I'm so glad to share that with Blessed Is She. I kind of like our two different stories because... Sometimes it does happen in a really, I don't want to say flashy, but like that was obviously a very special experience at that conference. Yeah. It was so unique. It was so different. And it stayed with you. It had staying power and it bore lasting fruit. And for me, it was just a very ordinary <laughs> night. But I know exactly where I was sitting on my couch. Like I remember how I had the furniture organized in the room and the lamp on my little nightstand that I had turned into an end table from my college years. You know what I mean? It's so vivid because it was so special. So the Holy Spirit made something very ordinary, really vivid and special for me. I was just thinking as you were talking, what Mary must have felt as you were saying, like, I remember every detail. Like, I bet she remembered every detail of when that angel came. Oh, yeah. Like she knew exactly what she was doing. She remembered mm -hmm. just where her furniture was, 
Did yeah. she have furniture? Did Joseph make her a table? I bet. Just yeah. these moments matter. We can continue to go back to them and say, what were you doing there? Tell me more. In the Gospels, when the disciples encounter Jesus for the first time, I want to say it's the disciples of John the Baptist and, and John points to Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. I think it's in that account where the gospel writer includes it was about four o'clock in the afternoon because there's no forgetting the moment when you encounter the Lord. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes technicolor. Even ordinary things become preserved in time because they're just like drenched in the eternal. So I think it's encouraging that our experiences of encountering the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit bringing the word to life for us were so different because there isn't just one way. It's just a little step. Like you showed up to a conference and you'd been to retreats before Mm -hmm. and look what the Lord did. And I'd read the word before, but I just followed a little inspiration to keep going, to read a whole book, you know? Maybe let's take our own advice and pray together and pray with the people and just ask for that stirring up in us and in everyone listening that the ordinary would become technicolor by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. We give you permission Come, Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind with tongues of fire, would you come? Would you baptize us, Holy Spirit, in your power and in your love? As you promised, Father, would you send the Holy Spirit that we might be stirred up? I ask that you would bring the word to life, that it would jump off the page, that we would be moved to tears and not only just an emotional reaction, God, but a deep, deep knowing that it's your voice speaking to us in the word. It's your power. It's your presence, your life in us. And I ask you, if you're listening right now, to open your hands and to ask for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, be stirred up in me. I give you permission, change my life. Come and baptize me in your power. I want to be born again by water and the Spirit. Father, if there's any part of us that doubts your word, we set it aside. I ask you to fill us up with faith, God, the gift of faith. Make it overflow in our hearts, God, where we can open our hands to you, open our hearts to you. We choose to believe your word, God. We choose to believe your promise. Holy Spirit, ignite a fire in us. Yes, God, we give you our yes. We thank you in advance. And we give you all the glory as we pray. All glory be to the Father, and to to the the Son, Son, and to to the the Holy Spirit. Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, pray for us. Pray for us. Beth, hope you're having a great time in Ireland with the King of all nations. Amen. Alleluia. <laughs> See you soon. Can't wait. Can't wait to hug you when you get home. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye.